All right, welcome back to another episode of Bet GPT. This is episode, what is this, 29, I believe. Um, we've been doing this since late July. We have no um, no intention of stopping anytime soon. So episode 29. Um, yeah, I don't, this is kind of, this is kind of going to be a fun podcast because we just spent the whole weekend together and we just talked sports the whole weekend. <laughs> um, I know we were, we were out at, um, the bar Saturday night and, um, instead of talking to girls, you were talking to someone about how you had a podcast. So I love your dedication. I love how you're getting our, getting our good name out there. Um, but yeah, sucks your, sucks your back on the East coast now. So, um, it, it, I will say the weather this weekend, it was, it was beautiful. I feel bad for all of our friends and the Midwest dealing with snow tonight. Yeah. I don't feel that bad. They had a chance to move. That's true. But they keep the economy humming up there. They are, <laughs> they are America's heartland. We Brady up there shopping in the third ward, making sure that there's enough money to go around up there. Exactly. All right. Um, six pack. Um, Oh, you know what I forgot? So while while I recap the six pack here, um, during this six pack recap, I'm going to add in a live sound clip that I put in Sunday morning while watching one of the games. So I figured just to give you guys a little live reaction for the Saints game, I'd throw that in there. So uh, let's start there. Saints money line. Um, yeah, this one, this one was a doozy. I'll, I'll insert the sound clip right here. All right, just want to check in live real quick. It's 10:19 Pacific time. We bet on the Saints in our six pack, and they just forced a fourth and in inches, um, at basically around the ten yard line. The Colts decided to kick a field goal, but then the Saints there's a defensive penalty where they like lined up over the center, and of course the Colts went down uh, and scored a touchdown. So vibes are bad right now. Uh, but I promise when we record this Tuesday, we're going to have a winning record. I'm not too worried. I just wanted to check in and say that that was stupid. Um, so as you heard, uh, Saints really screwed that up. Uh, they gave up a touchdown, which should have been a field goal, but it didn't matter. They came back, won the game pretty handedly. Uh, the Colts are bad. Um, so that was a win for us. That moved us to a nice 1-0 to start the day. Um, just running through the other ones quickly. Our teaser loss because the Chiefs, who are the most overrated team in the NFL, got destroyed by the Broncos. Um, blame it on Mahomes being sick. Blame it on the Broncos' defense being improved. I don't care what you blame it on. Uh, that was ugly. We'll chalk up the L on that one. Uh, Seahawks, minus three and a half. They beat the Browns by four. I think that one might have been a little lucky, but luckily, P.J. Walker is the worst athlete to ever walk the planet. Um, and then let's see what else we got here. The Lions minus seven and a half on Monday nights. That one got a little dicey. Um, uh, we won that one. App State minus 16 and a half. Um, Slade they lost failed. by 10. Yeah. Slade I let you guys failed. down. They won by 10, but Slade, but we needed them to win by 17. Slade fa- failed to tell us that they were going up against Southern Miss, who is Frank Gore Jr. Can you explain yourself? Why I knew you they had Frank Gore Jr., but they scored three points the game before. So what did it matter then? Their dad, his dad's a Hall of Famer. Of course, he's going to run for two hundred yards. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you also had the Ohio State Wisconsin under forty five and a half, which was a win. So four and two week. We're positive. Um, if you go to our tracker on Twitter, you can see we're up seven point four three units. Uh, Slade's up 4.68 himself and I'm up 2.75. So, um, Slade lead the pack. Thank you. Um, all right. So going straight into, I don't know. Do you want to talk, do you want to talk, uh, NFL here? Do you want to talk? Should we talk some NFL trade Ryan, deadline? Should Ryan we talk Fear about how the bears and... just fleeced? Should the bears just yeah. fleece the commanders? Yeah, we can talk about that. Um, the Bears traded their second round pick for for Sweat. I don't know why I can't think of his first name right now. Mon- is it Montez, Montez Sweat? Yeah. Um, and then they the uh, Commanders also traded Chase Young. I saw Nick Wright make a tweet today about why the Bears traded more for Montez Sweat than the 49ers did for Chase Young. 
uh, newsflash, Chase Young isn't good. Chase Young has played in 19 career games. Chase Chase Young has 21 and a half less career sacks. He has 30 he has 30 less tackles for loss. Montez Sweat has played in every game. Yeah, Montez Sweat has played in every game in four of his five career seasons. The only play like he's in the company with like I mean he's obviously not TJ Watt or any anything like that. But like when you look at what players have had at least like five and a half sacks over the last five years, there's only seven names. And it's like Khalil Mack, DJ Watt, Max Crosby, Montez Sweat. Like he's in that category. He's he has more sacks than our entire defensive line this year. There's nobody you're going to get in the second round that can do that. Um, everyone's talking about the expiring contract. Well, guess what? They're, they can they can put a franchise tag on him. Worst case, but he's going to get extended. <laughs> I forgot about that. Why Why would he sign an extension with the Bears? What benefit does he get by not hitting free agency and signing with the team that's what not if, ready to win next year? I mean, what if the Bears go and get Caleb Williams next year and then they are they are good? This is the NFL. It's not like they're, they're going to need like five years to rebuild this. Um, I mean, free agency is before the draft. So I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's going to know what their draft position is. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing the Bears will probably pay him market value. So if you can lock that up now, it, it might make sense to do so. Um, an interesting nugget on the Chase Young thing. The the commanders reportedly feel that trading Chase Young was a, an addition by subtraction. I don't know if you saw that. Basically, they think that he's but- like not bought in. I believe it. His body language doesn't look great. He kind of looks out of shape almost. I don't know. I know like edge defenders are like bigger dudes. Like they're not like all muscle like Miles Garrett necessarily, but I don't know. He doesn't look, doesn't look the build like a perennial, perennial pro bowler. Um, yeah. PFF has him rated as the 34th best edge rusher. So congratulations to the San Francisco 49ers. And I'm pretty sure he wants a big bag, too. And it's like, dude, you've played 19 games over the last three seasons. You have literally played a third of your team's games over the last three years. And I don't think you're as good as you were two to three years ago. There's like these weird stats about how the commander's defense has statistically been better when he's not there. Like they were a top five defense last year and he didn't play. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not mad that we missed out on him. Um, Montez Sweat, you just gotta lock him up. Uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not too worried about it. This is a really weak defensive end or edge rusher class in the first round. Let alone, good luck finding someone in the second round. So, um, were there any any other notable trades you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I just have a list here. I was gonna run through them. Uh, Patriots, or excuse me, not Patriots. The Packers traded Rasul Douglas, a cornerback, uh, to the Bills, um, which is good for the Bills. They they got to shore up that defense. Browns traded Donovan Peoples-Jones to the Lions. Um, Vikings traded guard Ezra Cleveland to the Jags, which I think is huge. He has like 40-plus starts at guard, um, so that'll help bolster that offensive line for the Jags. Um, Cardinals traded Josh Dobbs to the Vikings. Um I think those were all the the big the big, if you will, moves today. Pretty yeah. quiet generally. The the Josh Dobbs one's a little interesting because one, I don't think the Vikings are gonna compete for anything, even if Josh Dobbs comes in and is like decent. So now not only do you lose the potential trade return of trading Kirk Cousins, but you're also now giving up I know that wasn't a huge haul, but now you're giving up picks to get a QB in just to like be mid. Yeah, they traded a six and they got back a seventh too. So I don't. They must not value that sixth much, and um, they don't. They didn't really have a choice though. Like Jaron Hall's their backup quarterback. I don't even know who that is. He played college football at BYU and he was a fifth round pick last year. Yeah, so I he no couldn't beat out Zach Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that that's kind of the deadline. Um, not a whole lot to go around. I did see that Adoree Jackson for the Giants was 
got traded to the Niners, but they didn't get into the league office fast enough. I, I don't understand. What is the benefit of waiting until like 359 to put it in? I don't know why people do that. Yeah, it's that's kind of silly. And it's also awkward now for Adoree Jackson. Like, yeah. you know your team just tr- traded you, but what, because of a technicality, you didn't get traded. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, so that that's pretty much the deadline. We can run through the other NFL games right now. I mean, I feel like when I was talking to you the other day, we were like, this is kind of a somewhat boring week. Um, we learned that the Bengals are probably good again. Mm-hmm. Um, which is unfortunate for our future, but uh, they beat the Niners 31 to 17. And um, if you're at home right now, just pour a drink for Brock Purdy. He's uh, I jinxed him. It was a bad, it was, it was a bad uh, Brocktober for him. I, I, I give him I, props for like the first time ever. And he goes three weeks of just playing dog shit football. How do, how do we bet him to throw an interception? Then he doesn't and throws five the rest of the month. How's that happen? The gambling gods. Yeah. Uh, um, the Chiefs lost, but we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. It was a fluke. Mahomes had the flu. Doesn't count. Blah, blah, blah. It was on the road. Blah, blah, blah. They looked past the Broncos. Blah, blah, blah. Next. Yeah. I I think as a Chiefs hater, um, kind of putting that aside, I think these losses are good for the Chiefs. They need to like test things out offensively, and basically they've learned that their bozo wide receivers can't catch, so they need to yeah, figure yeah, out. Going how to get back to the trade, say back going back to the trade deadline, the the Chiefs did like nothing to help the wide receiver room. I which, mean, they got McCole Hardman. That's it. Yeah, I guess that yeah, a week or two ago, whatever it was. I mean, that's an upgrade. They've gotten him involved, but yeah, I don't know. I was. I didn't think like they were going to get a Devontae Adams or anything like that. Definitely not. Um, yeah. But I don't know. The, the, the room isn't very good. So even someone who's a slightly above average would have been an upgrade. Um, I mean, they speaking dropped of the room not being Speaking of the room not being very good, pivoting to the Giants game. Have you seen their QB room? <laughs> I, uh, I can't believe Tyrod, I can't believe they almost won that game. Well, they had it won. They missed like a 26-yard field goal. Tyrod Taylor went 4-7 for 8 yards. Tommy DeVito out of Illinois went 2-7 for negative 1 yards. Um, For you fantasy owners out there, uh, if you had Darren Waller on your team like I do, if I told you that he had 57% of the team's passing uh, receiving yards, you'd probably be pretty happy. Um, except he had four out of the seven. So that's not, <laughs> that was <pretty> <laughs> um, Tommy DeVito looks like he's in the mob. He looks like he's in the Sopranos. Um, yeah. Honestly, I don't even think Tommy DeVito was a good college quarterback. He It would basically be like having your NFL team ran by Cade McNamara, but maybe worse. At least Cade won in college. Yeah, dude, there's just not good quarterbacks somehow. I, I feel like we've fallen off a cliff. Like, a couple, it feels like three or four years ago, we were complaining about guys like Cooper Rush and Josh McCown when really, like, a lot of teams would kill for one of those guys right now. Yeah, how did it get so bad? I know Aaron Rodgers got hurt, but like, even just from last year, it just seems like it's gotten even worse. I know injuries, but there's always injuries. And it's going to keep yeah, getting worse I, because Kirk Cousins is down now. Yeah. I, as a Browns fan today, I if we didn't have our, the Deshaun Watson contract on our books, I think by the end of the offseason, I would talk myself into wanting to sign Kirk Cousins. He's good. Oh, he just, if I were the Browns, I'd want Kirk Cousins. Yeah. He just can't play in the big moments for whatever reason. It could, And it, it would have been nice to have you know, a Nick Chubb, like the, the, the Vikings don't really have a running game this year. Yeah. Um, really. The last they just got their years. first rushing touchdown. Their first rushing touchdown was Cam Akers. Who they if you had, if you had Kirk cousins with, um, with like a healthy Nick Chubb and Ford and everything, I think he could, I think he could look a lot better even. Um, well, the Browns could have used him this week 
because uh, Mr. Uh, PJ Philip Walker went 15 of 31 for 248 yards, all on screen passes with two interceptions. Um, the Browns were winning. They had a third and three uh, to win it at the end. If they didn't get it, they could have still punted and forced the Seahawks to go down the field and get a field goal to tie it instead. P.J. Walker threw it as hard as he possibly could off someone's helmet, and it bounced straight up in the air for an interception. So I um, I don't know why the Browns didn't trade for Jacoby Brissett today. Apparently, they offered a six-round pick, and the commander said no. Which they wanted to I don't really blame pick. them. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, why do they even need that? They don't care about that. So we lowballed them, didn't get it, and uh, we're about to to pay the price coming up. Uh, other games. Sorry about your Panthers, man. They beat the Texans. I told you. I told you I was worried, and this is why. It was a home yeah. game. A, a Texans team that's riding a little too high. This is exactly what I was worried about, and if it the wasn't pretty. Ended today. If the season ends today, Cardinals have pick one. Bears via Carolina two. Bears three. Yeah. So basically, we'd be looking at. Drake May and Marvin Harrison Jr. type type situation. Um, yeah, not the worst, not the worst, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna get a little dicey. Kyler Murray's back for the Cardinals. We'll see if that provides any boost. Um, any, well, they're not starting him yet. Yeah, yeah, I know. But Josh Dobbs is gone, so it's gonna it's around the corner. Um, let's yeah. hope that that leads to an extra win or two. Um, I don't know. They have to play him just to see what they have. I mean, if, if they did get one, they probably end up trading him. So that'd be another off-season storyline. Is what do you who who takes Kyler Murray in his contract? Maybe the Vikings. I don't know. Depends where they're at. I think the Vikings need to sit down with Justin Jefferson this off-season and make him happy because if they lose him, they're screwed. They so can get a find back. out what quarterback you want. Get him. That's true, but I, I don't. I mean, I would you like, trade the number three pick for Justin Jefferson? Yes, you would. A so, known commodity. So you. So basically, I, I was asking because you're basically trading Justin Jefferson and his extension worthy or high 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 contract AAV that he's going to get for, or you can have Marvin Harrison Jr. on a rookie deal. Still not a cheap rookie deal at three, but it's still a rookie deal in comparison. It's probably a fifteen twenty million dollar difference per year. Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, Justin Jefferson right now is on a four year thirteen million dollar deal. They have his fifth year option picked up for next year at nineteen million. Um, he hasn't signed his extension yet, but it's coming. It's going to be a lot um, of money. You just. Like you draft Marvin Harrison Jr. though, because you want Justin Jefferson. Like I just think it'd be really hard to pass that up. So maybe get a rookie QB or yeah, it depends on your roster construction and situation because you're not gonna if you don't have the cap room, then it, it really does. It's a moot point. Um, I don't know. I think that's just yeah. an interesting debate because I think Justin Jefferson and Marvin harrison jr are similar prospect wise like when justin jefferson was coming out they were like the two big dogs um yeah so do you i mean i heard you put in a little marvin harrison jr i did i put a marvin harrison jr heisman odds 10 to 1 um i know FanDuel has 14 to 1 some other books have 13 to 1 my only option was 10 to 1 i'm totally fine with that number um i i've i've some of the pushback I've gotten from some some colleagues in the biz is that Ohio State may not make the playoff. That'll hurt his chances. And I hear that. I understand that. Um, everything is a roll of the dice right now in the Heisman race. And I'll just say that even if Ohio State loses to Michigan, I still think they have a very decent shot of making the college football playoff. And the, with how he's performed the last month, I would have loved to get him three, four weeks ago. But I'm already on Bo Nix at ten to one. That's down to six to one. So um, those are my two for now. I don't, I don't really love any of the guys at the top. I'm not. I don't love JJ McCarthy or Michael Penix. Like it just feels wide open still. So I'm going to take some of the longer, longer odds. So he is down to um, 
He is down to 12 to 1 now on FanDuel. He was 1400 this morning. Okay. On DraftKings, he's down to 10 to 1. Um, yeah, we mentioned it last week at 20 to 1. I wish I bet it at 20 to 1. I didn't end up doing it. Um, but I bet him at 12 to 1. But same exercise applies, like as what we did last week. We like laid out the schedule and basically was like, is this realistic? You can kind of do this with their with the remaining guys. Like Penix Jr., if Washington wins out, yeah. Yep. He does have a legitimate chance. I ju- we just don't think they win out. That's why we bet Oregon yeah. for the national title. Yeah. Oregon wins the Pac-12. JJ McCarthy, do you think there's any controversy? Like with the controversy that's happening, do you think that could negatively I think affect it, him? I think it will because it's not going away. And I think it's getting to the point where people are like, oh, well, was that play only there because they knew what the other play was running? And like, even if it's only like 10% of the voters who give a shit, like it's going to yeah. impact it. Um, there's going to be a few old heads that maybe give it too much consideration. Um, I know how I feel about it, but I, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say there's some people who are, you know, similar to that baseball hall of fame have act like they're holier than thou. So um, I don't know. I don't love JJ McCarthy in this spot. I don't think he's even that great. I think he's a first round pick, but I don't think he's like a generational Heisman contender or anything like that. Michael Penix just had a bad game two weeks ago. We know he's capable of it. And like you said, I think Oregon's better than Washington. I know I know they lost head-to-head, but I think they're going to pro- – there's a good chance they get a rematch. And I, I like Oregon's chances. And I like – that's part of the reason I'm on Bo Nix. Um, and then we, we, we did bet Oregon at, what, 28-1 to 1 last week, 25-1, to 28-1, something like that to win the national title. They're down to, like, 12-1, to 13-1. to 1, So – They've basically had their odds, you know, cut in half towards in our direction. So um, I feel pretty good about it. They curb stomped Utah 35 to six or whatever it was. It wasn't even close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was also taking a look at Carson Beck. I, I agree. I, I actually think Carson Beck is underrated. He's 35 to one at DK. Um, through eight games the last two years, Carson Beck um, has 2,462 yards, 14 TDs, four interceptions, comparing that to Stetson Bennett of 2022 first eight games. he has Carson Beck has 100 more yards, five more touchdowns, and one more interception. And it matters to so. voters and stuff that he is more of – I'm not saying he's going to be like a top, top draft pick, but he's, he's, he's more of a prospect than Stetson Bennett was. Yeah, and what Dane Brugler said, the Athletics main NFL guy, he said Bennett putting up those numbers. What did it? He did it as an established veteran. Beck is doing it in his first eight career starts. So the fact that he has this much this much production early on says a lot. Georgia so yeah, doesn't have a, definitely a guy. To keep an eye and on. don't get me wrong, Georgia has athletes everywhere, but they don't have like a Heisman contender anywhere else on the offense. They don't have some absolute stud running back like we're used to them having or even at wide receiver when they've had Hardman and um, Ridley and like all these guys that were studs they don't have those right now yeah I mean it was Brock Bowers until he got yeah that's they had Brock Bowers that's true but yeah now he's doing it without Brock Bowers yeah so yeah so I I personally would not bet Carson back but I'd Keep an eye on it, I suppose. I'd keep, I'd maybe like him for next year if you think George is going to go undefeated. I wish there was a way you could buy like player stocks because like I don't think he's going to win the award, but I, I'm buying his stock as someone that's going to keep rising up the ranks and like get more respect. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. there's really no way to do that without just like unless you're like into like player props or something necessarily. But um, anyways, yeah. Um, all right. Do you do you have anything else in the NFL you wanted to touch on, or do you just want to get straight into college? I don't know where you're at. Um, trying to think if there's like, any other big outcomes. I guess I can just run through the scores real quick. Um, Dolphins beat the Patriots by 14. Patriots are screwed. Our our over bet. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, Jags beat the Steelers. Steelers offense is bad. 
Uh, Steelers play Thursday night against the Titans, and Will Levis just threw four touchdowns. He like literally looks ten times the player Desmond Ritter is. Mm-hmm. So that was nice to see. Um, teams, do you think Will Levis slid in the draft because he's actually like not good, or do you think it was just like a really unlucky night for him? I think a mixture of both. I think there's only so many teams needed a quarterback. And I don't think that teams viewed him much worse than like some of the other guys. But after that, like top tier quarterbacks went, it just seemed like the board didn't have a lot of quarterback thirsty teams. So that probably worked against him a little bit. He's he probably should have been drafted closer to like where Mac Jones went to the Pats. But I really was surprised he fell. Um, I don't think he was necessarily I I still don't necessarily think he's going to be some stud or anything like that yeah it's i'm kind of optimistic on him i feel like he's already suckered me once because i bet on him to go number two in the draft but this tweet from scott barrett dfb um says the nfl was a lot higher on will levis than draft capital implied seems like a little bad luck cost him nearly 25 million mm-hmm. uh the colts jim ursay their owner said they would have taken him if richardson uh wasn't on the board they would have taken richardson at 1.01 uh titans said they would have taken him at 11 if skaronsky wasn't available uh and raven said they probably would have taken him at 22 if they hadn't signed lamar jackson earlier in the day so you know obviously those are just words but i feel like some teams were higher on him than i don't think it's fair to say oh he's a second round qb i think realistically he was a mid first round yeah QB, i agree he, he's he was a similar down. prospect in my head to what mac was yeah yeah. Uh, other scores. Um, Ravens held off the Cardinals. Cardinals just like play it close every week and end up losing. Um, Cowboys put on a beat Bears, down at the Ram. The Bears got smoked oh, on Sunday oh, Night Football. Yeah. Um, yeah. Both both blowouts. Matt Stafford looks like his thumb's a little jacked up. Could have a UCL injury, or excuse me, a thumb injury. Um, so not sure what's going to happen there. Uh, yeah, your Bears got screwed on the first play of the game. Yeah, should have been a touchdown. It's would have changed it, the whole dynamic. But. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things that seem like they go against the Bears, but at this point, maybe the league just really wants us to get a quarterback. I don't know. It's my only my only guess. My and then obviously you already hit on the Lions last yeah. night, so I feel like we're I feel like we're good. Um, if we want to get into some college football, um, I guess the the breaking news. For the Iowa fans that are listening, um, Beth Getz, Iowa's interim athletic director, released an announcement yesterday. So following our bye week that Brian Ference will not be back in 2024 in any capacity. So no demotions, nothing like that. But um, a lot of a lot of hot takes out there today. Um, Kirk met with the media today. For the first time since he was, he did not seem very pleased. Obviously, um, did you have? Were you surprised by the announcement coming midseason? No, I just think it was getting out of control. Yeah, then you you had to, and it's funny because I feel like them getting rid of him didn't like make that big of a wave in the in the media, like outside of Iowa, like. Everyone's doing the 320, the road to 324, or whatever it is. But I just feel like people are like, oh, yep, Brian Ference got let go finally. And then that's kind of it. I, or maybe I'm, maybe I'm off base with that. Did you feel that way? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, I, I haven't followed, I guess, the national stuff as much yet. Maybe there'll be more to come out. Um, I didn't really believe it until I saw like the yeah. press release. I think. I want to quickly say I think Beth gets pretty much established herself as the no that interim tag is going to get taken off. She is going to be the athletic director. Well, okay. Do you think she did that in season just so she could become the AD? No. Like I'm looking at her credentials right now and like I'm not like I'm sure she knows what she's doing, but she's a women's soccer coach turned Iowa AD within 10 years. Is that the normal route? Does that just happen? I have no idea. I don't know enough about her background. I've just paid attention since she got here, and I think she's done a pretty good job. She seems she seems like she knows she's got it going on. She seems like she understands the whole 
NIL collective and and like the future of college football. But I don't like maybe even more so than Kirk, but um she was left with kind of a shitty position because she didn't do the Gary Barta yeah. twenty five point thing. So and like yeah. Kirk doesn't normally fire someone midseason. I know he wasn't happy about that, but my opinion is just like if you didn't hire your son and like find these loopholes for a nepotism law to get him hired in the first place, this type of stuff wouldn't, this whole contract wouldn't have been written the way it was. And this whole firing or announcing a firing mid season, I don't know if it got leaked or what, but I'm still kind of surprised she announced it. Um, So I, yeah, I don't know if it was. Yeah, gonna get I, I feel like, I feel like it did get leaked, but it should have happened. So it's fine. Yeah, I don't you can care. Have a little I, farewell tour. It, I think it's going to be hilarious if Iowa goes and scores forty on Saturday. <laughs> Iowa goes out there and has a. I want I want Brian Ferentz to score so much five wide that they start second guessing the decision. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would well. be Iowa fans' nightmares. He goes out there, plays great, and then all of a sudden next year comes back and it looks like the same offense of the last few years. <laughs> He's like just just a total <laughs> trick to everyone. Um, two, two things I want to say. One, like Beth Getz, I, I'm looking at her history here. I want to say on the record, she is qualified. She, the me saying from soccer coach to AD in 10 years, that was not factually correct. Um, she was associate AD from 2000 to 2013 at a couple colleges, then deputy AD at Minnesota, interim AD at Minnesota, Connecticut COO. Um, chief operating officer of a college sounds sweet. Yeah, that just sounds fancier than AD. Uh, then she was the AD at, at Ball State and then took over at Iowa. So um, she's been there. Uh, I think it would have been funny if she added another contract stipulation where she's like, you can come back to Iowa in 2025, but you need to go spend a year under Lane Kiffin <laughs> or Lincoln Riley or someone who can like score and like write me like a, you know, a five paragraph essay on why you think that you, you deserve this spot. <laughs> it's all good. Um, to me, Brian is like for our, for our listeners who are succession fans, I, I think Brian is very Kendall Roy to me. Um, I, I think Brian loves Iowa. I think he loves the program. I think he loves his dad. I think he cares about the players. I think he really, really, really wanted to be successful and worked hard. Um, he just wasn't good enough. And and yeah. like his dad put him in a position that he maybe just wasn't built to do. And it's going to, it's all just going to, it's just, it's going to end up probably being the end of both of their careers here. Um, we can get into that in a minute, but um, I don't think Brian like wanted to suck on purpose. I'm not going to be like a total dick about it or anything like that. He just, he just wasn't the right guy. And I know we, we had these conversations with like hack during one of our talking Hawks. And it was like, I asked like, is, was he qualified? Yes, he was qualified. But there's also there's usually a lot of time like there's usually a lot of people who apply for things that are qualified. That doesn't mean they're the best person for the job. He might have had the experience, all of that. Just because someone checks the box on the education, the experience doesn't mean they're the best person for the job. There were probably people out there who were interested that weren't related to Kirk that had play calling experience, that had a track record that could have done some different things Um, on the record. I was totally okay with the hiring um i thought that brian was going to be the only one that could get to kirk to try to evolve or to adapt and it didn't work i just thought he was the if, if kirk's gonna change or and like learn about kirk has a blind spot when it comes to offense if there's anyone who's gonna get him to see things that from a different perspective i thought it'd be brian and it just it, it's not true i guess yeah so Uh, do you think if Kirk Ferentz, if he, I guess, leaves Iowa at the end of this year, does it have to be retirement? Or do you think it's possible he could coach somewhere else? Because he is only 68 years old. Saban's like 74. That's tough. Um, hmm, I don't know. 
I don't know. I really don't. Saban's 72. Saban is 72. I mean, Kirk's healthy. He could easily coach for five more years. Three. At least three. Yeah. Like, there's no excuse not to other than a falling out with the Iowa, which is happening. So, um, yeah, I mean, maybe he wants to go to the NFL and do like be a special assistant. Something he doesn't have to recruit. I don't know. But if if Kirk doesn't, if Kirk, I'll be a little surprised if Kirk resigns because he has a forty two million dollar buyout. That's a lot of money, and that's and he has all that. He's he's not going to get that money if he resigns. Maybe they can work out some like. They can negotiate a little bit and like work out a buyout at like a lot smaller number. But um, I don't know. The idea of bringing in a new coach kind of sounds exciting to me personally because like a lot of the people that I'll say like, oh, it wasn't Brian's fault. The offense sucks. Like it's it's Kirk. There's obviously truth to that. But then it's also like, why do I want that guy? who you just admitted to me has a blind spot and is, is going to completely bomb the next hire. Like, why do I have any faith that he's going to hire someone that A, is going to be good, or and B, is going to have the power to run things the way they want to? And if Kirk won't let that person do that, then why should he have? The, why should he stay? Like, what is the... Yep. If the blind spot is getting worse every year, we're just we're just stalling out the inevitable, so... I'm excited about the possibility of Kirk being done. Um, there's a lot of hot takes going on in that regard, but um, I don't know. I think Iowa could get a good name if they really want to. So, time will tell. Time will tell. Um, yeah. So, Wait, as you know, Hawks. I was going to say one other big thing that came out of the press conference today: uh, Deacon Hill is still the starting quarterback. That was maybe the biggest takeaway for me. I was like, I saw the depth chart. I didn't know if I bought it. But Deacon Hill is still QB1 after everything we just saw the last month. I I have some questions. And they're not not friendly questions. I want Marco Lanes to come on our podcast. Like, I'm going to try so hard to get him like five years from now and just be like, just tell us how you were feeling. Like, in fall of 2023 like did you just feel like an absolute loser because i promise you however bad you felt you shouldn't have felt that bad your coaches are just idiots there's no way that he could do any worse there's no way at practice he's doing any worse that's not possible deacon hill ranks 316th out of 316 quarter qualified quarterbacks in in like passing rating he he's worse than like these Mac level QB backups that are that are going in in like garbage time. Like he is he is horrible, dude. Did you see what passing camp he went to this summer? It answers a lot of questions. Saint Ambrose. No, PJ Walker passing. Academy. Are you serious? It's no wonder why he's not any good. No, I'm just joking. I was gonna say, <laughs> oh, that's that's great. I don't, I don't think, I don't. Sense. It's not even Deacon Hill's fault, too. Like, I don't blame him. I blame the coaches. Like you said, it's not his fault that the coaches keep running him out there. I don't know what Joey Labis has to do to see the football field. I mean, what what is going on behind the scenes for him to not play? Just blows my mind. And if you're Marco Lanes, yeah, like you said, why? You, you're sitting behind the worst QB in Power 5 history, maybe. And you can't see the field in the second, like, November of your true freshman season. I don't know. I'd be a little like, what are we doing here? Deacon doesn't, if Deacon is the best that we have, that's that was a fireable offense for Brian. Dude, I'm reading in 2020 this national recruiting analyst for 247 Sports. Um, they're, they projected Deacon Hill as a, as a day three draft pick with his comp as big Ben. Oh, that is bad. That is bad. That's that, funny. that guy, is that, should, is that guy uh, still employed by 247? I'm going to, I'm going to snip this and I'm going to tweet it at him. <laughs> uh. 
At this point, would, oh, would Deacon funny. Hill start at Fordham, where he was originally committed before Iowa? This brings me... Yeah, he would for one... He would. He would for one or two games, and they'd be smart enough to say, you suck, and put yeah. someone else in. Yeah, I, I just can't believe that we haven't seen... I don't think the the transfer portal, the first transfer portal opening, has, has occurred yet. I think it's around the corner. I won't be shocked if... There's a lot of names on the offensive side of the ball that are gone. But then again, a bunch of these recruits were saying that there was a lot of positive feedback from Iowa's 2024 recruiting class on the offensive side of the ball that about Brian being let go. Like, like their quarterback did not sound like he was thinking about decommitting because Brian's gone. If anything, it probably that maybe that's part of the reason Beth Getz got ahead of it is she wanted to get ahead of the transfer portal and she wanted to get ahead of recruiting and be like. Now you can sell this fan base another bill of goods, and maybe it's BS, but maybe that's what Cade needed to stay. I don't, I don't know. But so Cade did say that he's staying. What percent chance do you actually believe that he's the starting QB for Iowa? Like barring injuries. Well, my whole reason for thinking he probably wasn't was he kept calling out Brian in the media. But if Brian's gone, I think it makes it a little more likely. Um, I'd still think it's 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 probably a 60-40 he's back. Um, the only way I could see it, like, like I guess we don't even know who the OC is going to be. It better not be John Budmeyer, and, or it better not be Paul Christ, or like some just like Kirk Clone, or Kirk Yes Man, because if it's one of those guys, we are, we might get a slightly better version of what we are now. Because like, don't get me wrong, this offensive scheme is terrible, but this is still the worst that's ever been executed. I want to change, but there's there's probably a glorified Brian or a Brian with lipstick is what Kirk's going to hire, and I don't I don't want that either. So if they hired a new QB or a new OC and they let that guy actually do his own thing, maybe that guy brings a QB with him or recruits a certain type of QB or a different system, and maybe K doesn't fit. I don't know, but we'll, that's all TBD. Um, Kirk wasn't yeah. committal to whether or not he's coming back in 2024. I thought that was a little, a little suspicious, but I also think that's just kind of Kirk. So I'm, I'm not reading into as much as some others. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say anything either. Is, could you imagine if he said, yeah, this is my last. Year. Yeah. He can't say that. Then it would turn into like this whole. And he thing. also probably doesn't want to say 100% he's coming back. Cause it's gotta be awkward, right? Between him and the AD and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that was, yeah. It's funny because I feel like it was kind of a boring weekend of college football. There weren't a lot of big games, so it's nice that we kind of got this Iowa news. We got a nice day off from watching Iowa, and then we get this Iowa news to uh, stir up the media headlines. Yeah, now it's week. like we don't have to get as annoyed um, watching this shit because it's like well at least we know this is the end of the road like we we knew it but now it's like it's official yeah. it's done and all right i'll just i'll i'll ask you one last question then we can move on for the pro brian ference individuals in the world iowa fans do, do we feel bad for them that they've been so delusional that they've now convinced themselves they should be sad about this um i mean i don't are are, are there i don't know if those people (laughs) actually exist after last weekend i'd like to think that anyone who is saying that is doing that because they are like absolutely just like beyond loyal to kirk and they appreciate him a ton but i don't yeah i don't feel bad for anyone in regards to what the decision made monday any like looking looking back on this year the like these same hawkeye fans that are pro brian ference five years from now they'll be like it was just a bit like why would you even take that seriously it was just a bit and we'll be like all right (laughs) that's fine but anyway i i'm just glad that iowa and Kirk and especially if it, if this is last year, just continued. I hope they show each other hospitality and there's just mutual respect on both sides. Because when there's no hospitality, that's just something we just need me. them to go ten and two and make Indy, and Kirk can go out with a division title. 
Yep, exactly. All right, uh, other games. Kansas knocked off the fake ID of college football, Oklahoma. Thank goodness that one's over. Uh, Penn State squeaked by Indiana. I know, uh, well, Slade and I, a little side story here. We went on a walk Saturday morning and just ended up at the San Diego Zoo. We looked at each other and we're like, were you just going to walk in? So we did. 72 bucks, well spent. Uh, but that means we didn't get to watch a lot of college football. We just intermittently checked the scores. Um, so I saw they were like tied with in the fourth quarter, and then they ended up winning by getting a touchdown and a, and a safety late. Um, Oregon beat Utah 35 to six. Um, no cam rising is bad. I don't know where that guy is, but he's doesn't seem like he's going to play for Utah ever again. Georgia uh, stomped Florida. What was Graham Mertz that line? Do we have that um, up? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Graham Mertz, 25 of 34 for 230 yards and two touchdowns. Damn. What more do you want hey. out of him? What more do you want out of him? Uh, you're, hey, I, don't, I didn't have anything. All I did was ask. I can't ask a question. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait for our end of season college football recap where i just go over all of graham mertz stats we might have a separate episode just like a 15 minute mini episode the graham mertz deep dive dude what if graham mertz gets drafted he should i should look it up graham mertz draft uh while i'm looking this up ohio state michigan or ohio state wisconsin you were right on that got the under there um yeah, I don't know. The only other exciting game was, I mean, if you want to call this exciting, Washington-Stanford, Washington hung on and, and won by nine against a bad Stanford team. Penix stat pad yep. at 370 yards, four TDs. This Washington team is going to get Yeah, beat. I don't know when it's going to be. They're going to get beat. Yeah, I agree. I I don't know when. It, I have to look. I'm about to pull up their schedule right now. Their schedule, they play at USC play Saturday. Three night ranked Utah, games in a row. Utah at home and then at Oregon State. I that at Oregon State. Yeah. We gotta we gotta put speaking uh, of DJ which, I did line. give out Arizona money line at plus one forty on the pod. I told people to sprinkle on that. They did beat Oregon State 27-24. So um, well I didn't actually play a ton of that myself i wish i would have put more on i'd only sprinkled like i said but a win's a win um yeah i think washington should be usc i think they should be utah oregon state is yeah the big one um the pac-12 i don't think they have division so it's just the two best division records or conference records um that's who plays in the the pac-12 title game as it's shaping up right now there's uh, three teams with one loss or zero losses. So that's Washington at 5-0. and they're, they're probably in, even if they lose again. And then USC and Oregon are the one-loss teams. Um, and USC and Oregon play each yeah. other on November 11th, so not this weekend, but next. Um, I have to imagine Oregon will be a pretty big favorite in that. Um, so th- I think, if assuming Oregon wins that game, you can kind of lock up the... Uh, the Pac-12 title title game. Oregon State has an outside shot because they play Oregon head-to-head and like they would have a tiebreaker. If they won that, I don't see it. They'd also have to beat Washington head-to-head, and I don't see that either. So um, I think Oregon State will finish around 8-4 and four with like four top 10 losses. Well, three top 10 losses in Arizona. Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy how the Pac-12 is the best conference this year. It's not the SEC like everyone would guess. It's far and away the Pac-12. Then it's probably the Big Ten. Well, yeah, Big Ten's top heavy. It's probably the Big Ten next. Yeah, I mean some of the some of the big games this weekend. Um, Clemson Notre Dame is no longer a big game, uh, so we, I guess we don't have to care about that one anymore. I want to quickly give a shout out. My friend Jack sent me the the Clemson Dabo video last night. Um, I honestly agree with like 99% of what Dabo said in his rant about the fans being not appreciative enough. I mean, they had 12 straight 10 win seasons, two national titles. They literally won the conference last year and people are acting like they're 
um, like I think our friend Brady said it was a, they're a mid program now or something like it's one down year out of like a decade and a half. Like I don't I don't I'm not gonna overreact. They play a tough schedule. They've had like maybe one or two bad performances. They still should have beat the team ranked like number three or four in the country. So, um, Georgia Missouri. That's number two versus number 15. I mean, technically, if Missouri wins this, they go to the SEC title game, assuming they won out. Um, Missouri only has one loss, and it's a close loss to LSU. But Georgia's a... F- everybody, everybody who loves college football wants a Mizzou-LSU-SEC <laughs> title. And Georgia's a 15-and-a-half point favorite, so I don't, I don't think Vegas is giving Missouri any respect, and I don't blame them. Um, Oklahoma-Oklahoma yeah. State's kind of a good game. Number nine versus number twenty-two. I I was really wrong about Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is a pass. Yeah, I was. That's game. the team I was probably most wrong about this year. I thought they were crap. I bet they're under seven and a half coming into the year. They started the year off looking horrible, dude. They lost to South Alabama thirty-three to seven, week three, and then they lost to Iowa State by a touchdown the week after. They were two and two, and then they go and they beat Kansas State. They beat Kansas. They beat West Virginia. And then last week they beat Cincinnati by 32. And if and now they, they finish the year with BYU, Houston, and UCF. UCF and Houston are terrible. They're three-win teams right now. So, yeah, Oklahoma State does have a path to a Big 12 title game. Um, I still want to bet on that. I still think Texas will probably get it done or get there. But um, obviously, no Quinn Ewers, as we've mentioned before. Um, Alabama LSU is the game of the weekend, in my opinion. Alabama is a three-point favorite. Um, I know you're riding with Bama. I think I'm. I'm with you. I think Bama wins. It's not good. It's not good for my yeah. under. But I I was on the over nine and a half when that came out after their Texas loss. So I'm trying to middle it. I think. I mean, LSU can can score as much as they want, it seems like, but their defense is just as bad as their offense is good. I think Bama will just be able to run it down their throats, especially in the second half. I don't think they'll have any issues, and I think Bama has good enough talent on defense to make some like highlight plays and have a couple interceptions or something to slow them down. Um, so that's what I'm taking Bama. In terms of Heisman, Heisman talk, um, we haven't really mentioned Jaden Daniels. He's like plus 400, so I think he's like third. I think it's like Penix and McCarthy and then him. Obviously, this game, I feel like, will kind of decide where he's at in the race. They still have Florida and an A&M game coming up, but this is his last time to play like a true top 10 team. If he goes out there and throws like five touchdowns and beats Alabama, this might be the last time you have him at a plus 400 type number. So... I'm not saying that I think that's going to happen. I'm just saying that his path is there, and Saturday is huge for him. Do they not have to win the the title game against Georgia? Then they'd have three losses. When does the Heisman voting happen? Is it is it after conference title games? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's kind of that kind of makes yeah. it tougher. Um. You're going to get Caleb Williams versus Michael Penix head-to-head. I think Caleb Williams is out of the race just because his team. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like if Jordan Travis won the Heisman, that would be just kind of the most blah Heisman winner ever, but I think he's 8-1. to one. I'm looking up winners on teams with three regular season losses. It's more than you would think. Uh Last last winner was 2016. Lamar Jackson, Louisville went nine and three. Uh, 2011, RG three for Baylor, they went nine and three. And then in 2007, Tim Tebow, they went nine and three as well. So it's possible. That, I think if they lost a close game to Georgia, it'd be a lot better. And if you put a big yeah, numbers. I agree. And if you and that's why I was kind of like pushing back on the whole Marvin Harrison's team isn't going to make the playoff like. Even if they don't, let's say, like that, I don't think that eliminates him. If if his team goes eleven and one, like he's a wide receiver, he doesn't, he can't play defense. I don't know. Seems a little silly to kind of hold that against him. Um, but you know, 
Dude, what's up with Paul Hornung in 1956? He won the Heisman for Notre Dame. He went two and eight that year. Are you serious? No, probably because it's Notre yeah. Dame. Could you imagine that? And, yeah, and, that was their fifth Heisman winner in 14 years. So and we didn't talk about the the most exciting game of the weekend: Iowa Northwestern. That game is at Wrigley Field. That's kind of sick. Um, I don't know what channel mm-hmm. that's on. I'm sure it's on one of the big ones, but it's on Peacock. Oh, so stupid. Um, but the line they had like the lowest total ever. It was 29 and a half. I don't know if you saw that. It just got bet up to 31 and a half on FanDuel. So a uh, little sneak preview to my Thursday six pack under. I, I don't. I don't care. I'm taking the yeah. under until until they go over. You you just want to make that a ten unit play? Give us some wiggle room <laughs> for the next few weeks. Maybe shit. Can't do that. I don't know anything. I honestly, I think I've watched Northwestern like twice this year, so I don't know anything about them. I I kind of tuned them out after Fitz got fired, so I think Iowa yeah. wins. They should. I think so too. Yeah. All right. Um, I think that covers it for college football. We'll be back Thursday uh, to give our plays. They'll probably be all NFL and college, but um, I do have one play. I just want to sneak in right now. Um, For those of you tennis fans out there, I know it's not many of you, but the WTA finals are happening in Cancun. And uh, basically it's like four women on one in one division, four women on the other it's round Robin. Then they, the final four, uh, or the, the top two in each division, their best, re- they, they like take their best records and then they put them in like a four person bracket, whatever. Um, Iga Sviatek, uh, the number two player in the world. She just lost her number one ranking to Sabalenka. Um, she is currently minus 120 to win her division on FanDuel. So we are putting a unit on her to win her division at minus 120. Um, the other women in her division are Coco Goff, who's the number one American, uh, Marketa Vondrasova, who Iga just beat 7-6-6-0 yesterday, and then Ons Jabor, who is uh, not in good form. She has a lot of injuries. So Iga's minus 120. Um, excuse me, minus 125. Iga's minus 125 on FanDuel. Um, she plays Coco Golf tomorrow, and she's minus 240 to win the match. So I don't understand why she's minus 125 to win the group. So you're basically betting Iga money line against Coco Golf at minus 125 instead of 240 because she's not losing to Ons Jabor. And so that was, that and is that my was tennis talking play. tennis. Yeah, so that is where if you're still listening to us right now, thank <laughs> you. We will reward you by by giving our you our tennis a record is update. pretty good. So, like, if you if you <laughs> yeah, are listening our, to yeah. us for entertainment, skip it. If you're listening to us to make money, play it. Yeah, it's our second most profitable sport. We're up three point nine two units on tennis. So, if you want to make money, listen listen to my tennis segments. Um. Uh, yeah, World Series. Uh, Scherzer and Adolis Garcia um, are off the roster. They're both hurt. So I literally um, Rangers are up two one. Yeah, as I said, I literally bet the Rangers to win in six this morning. Um, the odds are down now because I think the game's about to start, but um, or is already going on. Maybe I I don't know. I. I wonder. I feel like I could have gotten better odds on that now that those two are out. I, I'm not changing my st- my pick. Um, it's definitely unfortunate. Um, do you think this is going seven? Um, I, Andrew Heaney's pitching tonight. I actually don't hate him. I think I think the the Rangers win tonight. Um, so I don't I don't hate it in six. I just think Corey Seager's still good enough to be that dude in the lineup that can be the power hitter. I don't think they need Adolis Garcia. I don't even think they need Scherzer because I don't even he think been, he's that He hasn't good. been a positive for them in the playoffs. So yeah. I agree with the Scherzer thing. I, the Adolis thing is, is a huge deal. I think deal, it's a, it's a lineup protection but, thing too. Um, but yeah, I don't – Scherzer, eh. You didn't, you didn't know what you were going to get anyway. Um, if anything, he could have yeah. came in and kind of messed up 
some of the rhythm they had. Um, I, I bet it, I bet, I bet it ends in six and then I bet it ends in the six with the Rangers. So I kind of double dipped. Um, it, it leaves me a path for yeah. if the Diamondbacks win th- the next three. I don't see that happening. If the Diamondbacks are going to win this series, I'm I'm going to say it's going to be in seven. But I was like, well, I'll yeah. take a slightly. Um, hey, if you lose, at least you get a, a game seven in the World Series. Might be worth losing a few bucks on enjoyment factor. Um. All right. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for now. Uh, we'll be back Thursday. We'll have our plays ready to go. Uh, like I said, we're up 7.43 units. Hopefully we can add a couple more onto that. Um, so yeah, we just want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, tell your friends, uh, subscribe on YouTube, download our pod, give us five stars, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, thanks. This has been another episode of bet GPT.